Sports podcast, and we got two basketball nerds today talking about the NBA draft last night. And Pat Ruff is here, and I'm Isaac Trotter, and it was just just a great night of basketball. And I think the Timberwolves had the keys to this entire draft with the number one overall pick. And boy, were they absolutely busy! And let's just start from the big picture. Here's what they did: number one, Anthony Edwards. They had a set pick for 17. They traded that. They bring back Ricky Rubio to run their run the show. Then that 23, they go to Argentina and get Leandro Bomaro, and we'll get into that one. That one's kind of a little bit of a controversial pick, but I can understand it. And then at 28, they get Jaden McDaniels from Washington, high upside uh, wing, a guy that a lot of people thought could have potentially be a lottery pick. But overall, Pat, what, what was your first biggest takeaway from this? Like, as you like, what's your first impression from this draft? Like, the trades are done, everything's happened, we're kind of set. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I guess, first of all, I'm glad that they took Anthony Edwards first. I mean, I, I've been wanting them to take him for the last few months. I thought he's the right guy. I think he's a fit, which people say, I don't worry about fit when you're, you know, go get the best guy when you're a struggling franchise. I mean, there's something to that argument, but uh, I like that he is maybe the best guy and he's a good fit as far as I'm concerned. I, I got on record. I didn't want it to be LaMelo Ball. And I'm relieved it wasn't. I could have lived with Wiseman, uh, partly because uh, I think he could have fit with Towns, maybe. And if you decide he doesn't fit, then there's going to be a lot of suitors for him. And then you end up with something else. So you've got a, a great player that you can potentially trade. So my biggest takeaway is they needed to do one thing uh, particularly right. That was take the, the correct guy, in my mind, at one. And I think that they did that. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I think Edwards just fits a lot of the boxes that they needed to check. And also, like you, I, I'm with you on like drafting for talent. But if, you could go pound for pound here. Like so you can, you know, evaluators are split back and forth on this. But pound for pound, Anthony Edwards is a really talented piece here. Like he is right there when you talk about overall talent. So I don't think that. It, I think it was the right fit. It makes makes the most basketball sense. And I also think that the talent is there. Like there's not some massive gap between Wiseman and Ball and Edwards, right? Like that's why we didn't have a clear cut number one. I don't think. But right. I do think here that you could have made the case that Wiseman was would have been a nice fit here just because do we know Carl Anthony Towns is happy in Minnesota? Do we know that? Yeah. I mean, could he ask for a trade in a couple years? I think offensively there was some work there. Now defensively, that combination between Wiseman and Towns I think could have been a little bit funky and, and a little bit uh, – teams could have taken advantage of that. It could have been a funky combination or it could have been a pretty good combination. I it seems like they need a bit of a rim protector. They need a they need rebounding, and Wiseman certainly would have given them both of those things. They said he doesn't move his feet great. I don't know for such a great athlete as he is. I, I have trouble thinking he can't move his feet very well. Um, I don't know. It would have been interesting uh, to see. It would have been kind of a throwback look with twin towers, and I know the league has moved away from that. But um, they have had, like I said, trouble rebounding, trouble defending inside, like give up a lot of second shots. He would have uh, upgraded those things a lot. But in the end, they took Edwards, and I, I can more than live with that. You know, a lot of people think Edwards has the highest uh, ceiling of anybody in the draft. Some would pick Ball, but many would pick Edwards because of his just elite athleticism and size and all can do so many things. Uh, so, I, I, you know, 
based on potential and need and lots of things, I, I just think Edwards was the right guy. Time will tell if, if some of the holes in his game and demeanor uh, come back to haunt, uh, but we won't know that for a few years. I need to push back on some things because you see on Twitter and some people who didn't like the Anthony Edwards pick, they go, well, he's the next Andrew Wiggins. And I don't know. I just felt like they're very different athletes. They're just not, they're just different. Like, like Wiggins is long and slender and can, has a mid range game. I feel like Edwards is more of like that bruising. I'm so much bigger and stronger than you. I'm going to jump over you type of guy. They, They just feel like different players with different mindsets. And I feel like that was kind of a lazy comp to say, oh, he's the next Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I think they just mean that because he seems to tune out on defense at times, and people thought Wiggins uh, did that. I I thought Wiggins cleaned that up in the last year. I think people just love beating on Wiggins, and I found some of that unfair. I mean, he's uh, he's got a look on his face that is always kind of the same. It looks almost too calm or sleepy or something. Uh, if he had an edgy look or something, I think people would regard him differently, but he doesn't. So they think, well, he's not really trying. I, I didn't see him get beat a bunch on defense. I, I just, I always have felt that Wiggins got a bit of a bad rap, but I, I know I'm in the minority there. But um, So I think that's where the comparison comes from, that they think maybe he's a little uninterested. We'll see. We'll see about that. I sure hope he's interested. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I think Edwards has to mentally be locked in. And, and that's where I, I wonder with the big trade of the night was, was trading 17. For Ricky Rubio, and I wonder if that is one of the reasons why they did that, because they look at D'Angelo Russell, and he's still a young guy, whether we like it or not. He's still a young guy. He's talented. He's been in the league a couple years, but he's still really young. You look at Anthony Edwards as a younger, and there's questions about his maturity and whether he loves the game, and Carl Anthony Towns is still not old, right? Like, So right. that's where I feel like Rubio, they go, let's get an adult in the room. Let's get a guy that got the best out of Donovan Mitchell at Utah. That really helped Donovan, or that really helped uh, Booker down in in Phoenix, and that Suns team really m- make that little bit of a leap. I saw in the bubble, they go undefeated. So mm-hmm. I think that was kind of the reason. Let's get an adult in the room so that we don't have these three young stars that we're trying to build around who are still not really necessarily alphas yet. Yeah, I think I hadn't even considered that. But I think that's a great point. I've not been a big Rubio guy. I mean, there's times I have been and times I haven't. He was frustrating because he didn't shoot well enough. He didn't quite have to guard him too often when he was in Minnesota, and that was a big reason they they traded him. Uh, He's still not a good shooter, although I looked at his percentage from last year. It wasn't terrible. He shot 42% from the field, which is a little bit below average for a guard, and he was 36% from three, which is fine. But one thing he did really well, and has always done well, is he passed the ball great. He averaged almost nine assists a game. That's a lot of assists. And on this team, that's a good thing. I think they got enough shooters uh, that he's not going to be required to take a bunch of shots. So there, there, there's – but I really like what you said. You know, that could be a big reason they took him. It's just that maturity level. Guy's been around for a while and has been through some of these wars and, and downtimes and uptimes and knows how to handle it. Yeah, that's my. I always kind of go there. It's like it's just I look at Rubio and I go, why are so many Minnesotans and like Timberwolves fans, like Wolves, Wolves diehards, why do you guys love him so much? Like, well, why, you why? said you guys. I'm not necessarily sure. one of them, but no, there are some people who have an infatuation with him. I, I don't, I don't know. I uh, girls, I think think he's cute, and I, I don't know. No, I don't know what it is exactly. He, he's got a good personality. He's. Um, 
he's flashy, he's unselfish, he's exciting to watch in those senses and the way he can dish the ball and create. And, you know, he's kind of like LaMelo Ball, I think, would have been, but a shorter version of that. I, I'm still not convinced LaMelo Ball's – I'm so glad they didn't take him. <laughs> I just don't think he would have – and I, I know I could be proven just – incredibly wrong here but we'll see about that but I just he would not have been the answer for this team this year yeah I the ball thing is interesting because I think he did go to the right spot in in Charlotte just because I feel like there's not a huge spotlight in Charlotte there's a potential for him to maybe he goes in and realizes that this isn't my show and can learn from MJ a little bit now does MJ want to be a mentor I don't know about that like that's absolutely a question so I think that it's a good spot for him where he can be the guy but also doesn't have that that spotlight that New York would have or the spotlight that I think that the Bulls would have or even Golden State would have been just like a, that would have been on ESPN every single day. So I do think that's a good spot for him. But I, I really think that the combination of Ball and D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns could have been the worst trio of defenders in the NBA. So I think... <laughs> I think I think adding a wing like Edwards could change that because Edwards didn't show a lot defensively at one year at Georgia, but I think that he has the skill set and the strength and the versatility to able, to be able to guard one through three, and that can help you get some defensive versatility here in this draft, and, that, right. and that's huge. Well, and a question about um, about Rubio now. So they bring him in; he's making like seventeen million dollars a year, which is a pretty good sum. Uh, do you think they regard him as a starter in this with this group? Because I don't want him to be. Although I could see him, certainly see him mixing in uh, with starters plenty and, and then having he and Russell play together and maybe see how that works. But initially, uh, I, I don't know. The other thing to consider is do they bring Beasley back after uh, his conduct this summer? I mean, to me, he was a huge piece for this team the last two months of last season he looked terrific so you know I, I think he I don't know there's a lot to consider I'll, I'll ask you though do you think Rubio is a starter from day one I don't think you trade a first round pick and pay a guy 17 million dollars to sit on the bench right like that's just not that's just not what you do so if you if you do this I think he's the adult and the veteran in the room and I think that's why he's going to be in the starting lineup and I think that you I don't. I'm not penciling Anthony Edwards right into that starting lineup. I want to see it. I want, I'm not penciling Jarrett Culver right into that starting lineup at the three. I want to see it. I want to see those guys compete. So I know that Cat's going to start. I know Russell's going to start. I know that Rubio's probably going to start. And then you figure it out at that at that last wing spot and just see what you have there. And I think that that's where, like, if you pay Rubio to come here and be the veteran, he's going to start. He's going to get a bulk of the minutes. I think it's a good thing because I do genuinely think he can make this team better. Because he's not like a, he's not like an elite defender, but I think he raises the floor defensively. I think you need multiple ball handlers in this group, and I don't think he takes away from D'Angelo Russell. In fact, I think he makes him better. And that's, you know, that's the question to me because you take the ball out of his hands. Then I mean, Rubio, they want you know Rubio's a guy who has the ball in his hands to be at his best. Uh, so that means you're taking it away from Russell, who likes to you know run a pick and roll with Towns. Is he still going to be able to do that on any kind of regular basis, or what happens with that? That I, was supposed to be a, a big reason to get Russell is to run that pick and roll. I think it absolutely will continue to do that. I just think that the way that Rubio probes and and he look again like the last two teams he's been on, he's played with dominant ball handlers that are the guy. Like Booker is the hands down guy in Phoenix. Donovan Mitchell is the guy in Utah. And I think Rubio has played with them really well. There haven't been like, 
big scandals or, or big questions off the court on like who's taking the ball. Rubio's not a selfish guy. So his ability to take some of the pressure off of Russell, you can still run those pick and rolls, but you, he doesn't have to have that, that stress of having to bring the ball up the floor every single time. And I think right. you can get him into some advantageous situations off the ball where he's off the ball, he can get into some of those advantageous because he has a great catch-and-shoot three, and then you can still run some of those pick-and-rolls. He just doesn't have to handle the ball the entire time, right? Like, And I feel like that's a big missing element to this piece. Right. How do you think Russell reacts to this? I think this is a, a good move for him because I think all you got to do is just say, hey, D'Angelo, this makes your job easier, and this allows you to score more, and this allows you to facilitate. We're bringing in another guy that you don't have as much pressure on you to have to – you know, put up 35 and 12 every single night. Like, you have another guy that can help you. I think Edwards fits in well there. If they bring Malik Beasley back, he can still do his thing. I think we saw some great signs from them at the end of the year that those two can play together well. And I just think that Rubio has this cachet throughout the league that he can absolutely play with, you know, a lead dominant ball handler like D'Angelo Russell. Well, um, I, I hope you're right. And, and as you put it out there, I mean, that makes some sense. Um, yeah, my initial instinct was that, oh, geez, Russell's not going to be too happy with this. They just had the ball taken out of his hands. But um, I've not seen Rubio much with Phoenix, or I didn't see much with Phoenix and didn't see much with Utah. I know both of those teams had success with him there, though. They made, uh, well, Utah made a nice playoff run, and, and Phoenix looked really good at the end of the year. And when you're averaging nine assists, you're obviously part of the good things that are happening there. So maybe you uh, – uh, have walked me off the bridge here a little bit. Let me give you some. <laughs> let, let me give you some numbers, and this is from the Ringer. So when when uh, Rubio was with with was with the Jazz, he really helped Mitchell grow. And and in the fact, like when Mitchell and Rubio were on the floor together, they outscored their opponents by eight point two points per hundred possessions, and for two seasons. That would like that. That was mm-hmm. two years ago. And then when he went to Phoenix, and he's playing with Booker and Aiton. The Suns were plus 7.6 points per 100 possessions when the trio played together. And when he wasn't on the floor, when Rubio wasn't on the floor, and Booker and Aiton were on the floor, Phoenix got outscored. So I feel like he's a really important piece just because he's not going to be hes not going to be the guy who takes the ball away. He just is going to put you in better situations to score. Like, I think he helps you offensively. And if he, But I still have questions, though, because, like, you're, you need a culture here. What, are the, what is the Wolves' culture? I don't think Rubio is the alpha dog that changes your culture and immediately flips us around into a winning culture that hates losing. You know what I mean? And we saw what Jimmy Butler, he tried, but that just didn't mesh well with the current team. And I wonder, I wonder how you get that culture back with all these young guys. I just, I don't know how you foster that when you have all these young guys who haven't really done a lot of winning. Well, maybe it does, maybe they do lean on Rubio for those things. I, I, I never got the sense he cared much for losing. I mean, he's a pretty competitive guy. Um, are you saying they need one of their top two players to be the guy who just demands uh, winning? No, I'm saying I, I think it'd be nice if they added more veterans to the mix that are from winning culture. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like right. adding those veterans would really help. Like we saw down in Phoenix. like They have these young pieces together, but what did they add that ha- helped them get over the hump? Rubio was a big piece of that, adding that and getting the over the hump, and those pieces meshed together and became that. But like, I, I just wanted a veteran that knows that culture, that knows how to win, 
that that's been there and done that. And I don't know if there's a name out there that makes sense. Like a Ben Simmons obviously would, would really help there, but like, that's just not probably going to happen now. But like, I just want, I would just feel like there needs to be more veteran pieces added to this mix. If the, if the, the wolves want to win right away, which it seems like they do, they don't want to tank. They want to win right away. You don't trade for Rubio. If you, if you're trying to tank. Right. And that veteran, um, doesn't have to be the best player, correct? Just be a, a voice. Exactly, exactly. And, and the free agents maybe go get that. They still could use a power forward. Um, I don't think we want Beasley being that boy. I'm still wondering what do they do with Beasley after his, you know, aiming guns at people and an incident or two this summer uh, found a mound of marijuana in his house. I mean, I don't mean to be funny about it. It's not funny. It's sad. Uh, but do they? With all the promise he's shown, do they do they go? Now uh, you, you look great, but no, you're not going to be a part of this. My my, what I've read is they're probably going to try to resign him. Those are the things. It seems like they're leaning that way. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, obviously, it's a pretty disappointing news to see that in the in the you know headlines. You just don't want to see that from a guy that had a lot of promise. He, he made a lot of fans, I think, in Minnesota in just a short time. I did. Um, but I, we've talked about this before. Like, I don't want to get married to a guy because he had 20 great games for Minnesota. You know what I mean? Like, just showing the 20 great games on a bad team, like, anybody can put up those points. But I think the way that he played showed that, that there's a piece there. And Denver might have missed the boat on a dude like that. Like, that's a really good piece. So I think you do bring him back if he promises, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a big on, like, second chances. And maybe this is a wake-up call for him where he can get his stuff straight off the court. And if he's able to come back and do his thing and, and be a big part of this, then he's absolutely has a role here. Like, again, oh, like, we don't have to talk about just the starting lineup. Like, I think a wing group of Edwards and Beasley and, you know, say you keep Jarrett Culver – like that's a that's a group that can really grow and evolve together, and you have some different pieces there, some that 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 you can be versatile and and maybe eventually be a nice looking defensive crew as well as as just giving different looks offensively that could give other teams some problems. So I hope they bring Beasley back as long as he proves that this is not this is a one time deal and he's not going to have these issues again off the court. Yeah, maybe you sign him to a one year deal. You know, I, I don't think you sign him to a long term thing, and maybe even have a clause in there that says. You know, if you fail a drug test, um, uh, you're done, and and the contract is is null and void. What I don't know how they would handle that, but um, I think they would want some wordage in there to say if you if you fail us here in terms of the drugs or whatever, then I don't know. I don't know how you handle it, but you don't sign them to a, a seven year contract that's guaranteed money. I think that would be a big mistake. And he and he certainly has brought his cost down um with his uh with his you know sort of scandalous summer i don't know yeah no i think you might be able to get him for a little bit better deal for sure all right let's um i think one um edwards and ruby are the story but i don't want to leave out the other two first round picks that the wolves went out and got and they go get leandro bomaro from uh, argentina guy six foot eight playmaker um electric in the open floor but the thing is is he doesn't shoot very well um, and now I wouldn't expect him to be a, a, an impact piece this year. It looks like he's going to be a stash. He's going to stay over in Barcelona and play for this upcoming year. So that's a guy that you wait and see down the road if that shot develops. And that could be a valuable piece. And then at 28, they go get Jaden McDaniels from Washington. That's a guy that a lot of people thought could have been in the lottery pick last year. But he had an awful year at Washington. Takes some takes some weird shots. Like He feels a little bit like an alpha guy who thinks he's just an absolute superstar. But sometimes it doesn't connect. And then... 
though, the, the fact that they traded away their pick in the second round that was used to get Daniel Oturu from Minnesota. Like, they traded that pick away and ended up picking Oturu, and that wasn't for them. He's going to head off to the Clippers. So, well, what would you make of, of Bomaro, McDaniels, and, and not getting Oturu at 33? Well, I had not really heard of Bomaro, to be completely honest. I watched a little film clip of him last night, and I was, I'll be honest, I was completely unimpressed just watching how he moved. He seems kind of clunky. I thought didn't seem like a smooth player, uh, you know, and that can work. Herky jerky can be fine, but that was my read on him. I've read a couple of things since then that actually praised him pretty heavily. Like they think he's got a real chance to be good. So um, my, it didn't pass the eye test for me, but he certainly has passed it for, for people who know a lot more than I do. And so maybe he does have a chance. The Jade McDaniels, I think you, you nailed it. He seems to think he's an alpha, and he, um, I guess he was a five-star recruit out of high school, and and he has the look of a guy who could be a star, but he's come nowhere close in his one year at Washington. Came nowhere close to putting that together, just with a, just a, a huge batch of turnovers and bad shots, and um, so. Uh, and, and really skinny and weak looking. I mean, it looks like he's got to spend a lot, a lot of time in a weight room. Um, and probably spends his first year uh, in the G League would be my guess and just gets stronger and figure things out. But, you know, th- they like his potential. A whole lot of people did. As you said, he was projected by some to go 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, somewhere in there. And we, Will's got him at, I think, 25. So uh, he's worth uh, taking a flyer on, I'd say, at least. Or I guess they got him at 28. Worth that, I suppose. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like these picks in the 20s and later on, like, I think sometimes we overvalue late first round picks and second round picks. Like, again, like not all these dudes are going to make it. So I think you do need to take some big swings. And I think Bomaro is a big swing. Like, is because like, you know, we saw a six foot eight playmaker for, for the Mavericks and Luca who's turned into an absolute star. So maybe you think, okay, a six foot eight can make plays down the stretch. Now he doesn't shoot like Luca does. So that, that's a stash. You see what he is. And, and I don't hate the pick. The problem is, is that I had a guy I really liked got picked right after him in RJ Hampton. And that is a that's a top five yeah. pick value that I really I thought could be another wing piece that I mean he looks like a stud, man. And I just I, he goes to Denver and that's just a great spot for Denver. Like that's a great spot for him to develop. And I, I wish that they had picked Hampton there. And regarding McDaniels, you know, I th- I think it's worth a big swing there too. I think I totally I see the fit. I see why people do it. I'm just a little bit scared because I feel like I feel like there's a, a spot where he just doesn't develop and doesn't turn into anything, but maybe he is an electric score. Maybe he can play some small ball four for you with his length and, and also play the three and just spread the floor for you really well. But I just I wouldn't expect much from him for next year or the year after. He just feels like he's a few years away. McDaniels looks like uh, who's the guy that uh, the, the Lakers draft and then traded the Pelicans. And this year, after like his third year in the league, had a great year. Brandon Ingram. Yeah, Brandon Ingram. He looks, you know – uh, physically, he looks like that, and game similar to that. I mean, if he could turn into Brandon Ingram, that would be a that'd be a grand slam. Um, yep. I guess you never know. But I, if had they stayed at seventeen, I guess they could have got Rubio. So it depends how much you value him, and and uh, I'm value, valuing him more and more as we talk about it. Um, but you know, precious or precious, uh, precious is true. Uh, <laughs> True is precious to me, but I wish <laughs> uh, but precious. I uh, don't know his last name. Memphis, 
Yeah. Uh, he's one I would have loved to have seen them take there. Uh, the guy from Villanova was another one. I'm blanking on names. Sadiq Bay. Uh, yeah, yeah. My son John actually got in a little altercation with his younger brother Mike when that pick wasn't made. Uh, <laughs> those two. I don't know why John cared that much about uh, Sadiq Bay, but he did. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I want to hear more about that. Tell me the story. All right, break that down for me. What happened there with the sun? Like, all right, so so was this pick <laughs> well, 23? We talking about this big guy for a long time, and and then Mike kind of needled him when, uh, the, when all of a sudden he went off the board, and then John kind of threw a basketball at Mike, and they pushed each other a little bit, and then it was over with. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that had been building for John, I think, for a while. He really wanted City Bay. I love uh, Sadiq Bey. I'm with him on Sadiq Bey. I really, really like that guy. I, I understand trading 17 for Rubio. I really do. Because, I mean, are you going to find a stud there? But I, I love Sadiq Bey. I think he is an, I think he's a stud. And Achua, like you said, like Achua fits really, really well with what Towns could have been. But if, yeah. you're, if you're looking at Precious Achua and you go, which team does he fit best? It's the Heat. And the Heat nailed it with that pick at 20. I think well, that's a great – an energy great. guy. But, hey, you know what? We could use energy guys too that really want to play defense. That's one reason I wanted him, who wants to rebound, who just goes after everything. We need guys uh, that do those things, that, that care about the defensive end. That's what's been missing for years. So, I don't know. I, I think that was – I wish you could have landed him. Uh, uh, Zeke Naji is another guy that I would have liked to have seen them – uh, possibly get power forward who plays with a, a lot of energy and strength. Um, and I'm being a homer here. Sorry, Jason Feldman, but I'm doing it. Uh, <laughs> I wish, uh, you know, if there was another guy, I would have loved to have seen them get because Wolves need a backup center. I think he's really underrated. Um, they could have had him at 33, as you said, you know, the Wolves ended up taking him at 33, but that wasn't for themselves. They took it for somebody else. And he ends up going to the Clippers. Anyway, um, there were some things they could have done at 17 that would have been, I think, good. But uh, Tyrese Maxey is another one. Um, I don't son, see it with him. Like, what do you see? Yeah. What do you see with Maxey that I, I don't, I, for some reason, I just, I don't see it. What do you like about him? That, what am I missing? Uh, my son, Mike, likes <laughs> no, um, I don't know. Uh, um, Kentucky coach. I can't think of the name this morning. It was a Kentucky coach. Uh, Calipari, John Calipari. Calipari. He's raving about him. And he seems like whenever he raves about somebody that he's coached, he's right. You yeah, know, but he raves about everybody because that helps him when recruiting. I guess, but he's gotten a lot of them right, man. There's a lot of good Kentucky players out there. It wasn't like I was longing for Tyrese Maxey, but he was a possibility there. So I think in the end they probably did the right thing in, in getting getting Rubio. He's going to he's gonna offer some value as a defender, as a leader, as a passer, as an unselfish guy. And he rebounds pretty well for a guard. Averaged like five boards last year. So we can use all those things. It's probably the right move. Okay, um, let me look at – I'm pulling up the NBA standings right now. And just looking in the in the West, and I know it's loaded and everything, but do you think that the Wolves passed any of these teams? Like, do you think that they have – like, the as the roster that they have right now, that they've constructed right now, is there a path to – I don't know if the path to playoffs is there, but is there a path to playoff contention with the roster that they put together? Like, they only finished ahead of Golden State last year. Now, Golden State's going to be a whole lot better this year as long as, as – I mean – 
fingers crossed. Play that maybe out for the season, which sure hurts a bit. Yeah, no, sure, true. State, I would suggest that. But do you think that they've made a? You think that they've made a jump now with the pieces that they've put together? I think they're definitely better this year than they were last year, and part of that is you know we're going to have a whole season of Russell and Towns together. We had we had like one game of that last year. Uh, I want to see what that looks like. So. Um, you know, and I think Edwards could be a really good player uh, if he if he does the right stuff. The potential is absolutely there for him to make an immediate impact. And you said you don't see him necessarily as a starter right away. I, I don't see it that way. I think he will be. Um, it just depends if Beasley's back. What's that? It just depends on if, if Malik Beasley's back. I, I guess. I can imagine those, you know, if, if Beasley's back, I can imagine – Russell Beasley Edwards, that being your starting three guards, and and um, Rubio coming off the bench. That that's kind of what I'd like to see. Although, I, you know, part of me is shame ashamed of myself for thinking of bringing Beasley back after after his summer. But um, so I, I think there's a the potential there if Beasley does come back for them to be a very potent offensive team and slightly improved defensively. Uh, Go ahead. I think I I really genuinely wish that the the Timberwolves are in the East because I'd like to see what they could have done. Yeah. I just I don't I don't know. I just look at all of these Western Conference teams. I'm like, I know Oklahoma City's obviously going to be a whole lot worse, so I'm going to put them in the basement. Like they're in that bottom yeah. tier. But the Pelicans, I feel like the Pelicans are still ahead of the Timberwolves. I think the I think the Kings are still ahead of the Timberwolves. I think the Spurs are still there. The Suns are still there now. They have Chris Paul. And so I just I, I'm just looking at all these Western Conference teams, and I go, okay, they're behind all these teams. So I think they'll be better. I think they'll be improved, but their their win loss record is just not going to be you know yeah. good enough. And I look in the East, and I go, I like the Timberwolves more than what the Cavs have put together. I like the Timberwolves a lot more than what the Hawks have put together. The Pistons are still a dumpster fire. The Knicks just drafted another forward that Obi Toppin like it's just the same dude. They have like eight of those dudes. The Bulls are still a mess. The Wizards are still a mess. I, I mean, I just the the Hornets. What are they going to be with Ball? Ball's going to come in and shoot forty shots a game for them. Like even though PJ Washington's better than him, so it's just like I just I just look at I just look at them and I go, yeah, they're going to be improved. It just might not show up, and that's why I think we might need to stress patience because the yeah. rest is just so freaking loaded right to now. Me, to me, there's the potential to move back, move past a number of the teams that you listed: the Spurs, Phoenix, Sacramento. Um, I would predict that they won't, but I'm not going to be surprised either if they do, if things, if things gel, I think there's enough talent there compared to the Wolves talent to some of these teams talent that you've listed. I, I think potentially the Wolves have more talent, but I only said potentially. Sure. No, I mean, health. Uh, it doesn't seem outlandish. They go, oh, how do we pass Phoenix? We did though. I can, I can see that happening. You can see San Antonio is not some team rich with talent. Uh, the Pelicans, I think, have more talent. I, th- I don't think we passed them up. Um, I don't know who else. Uh, Denver, we're not passing Denver up. No. They're really good. I think you pass uh, up the Thunder. The Thunder are going to take a huge step back. I think you have more talent yeah. than the Thunder. I think we have probably more talent than the Grizzlies, although that's that's debatable. Um, there's be plenty to say we don't, but I, I think potentially we do. Um, see how it mixes up, you know, see how good Edwards is, um, see how good Russell and Towns play together. We've not ever watched it. 
So let's find out. I mean, if you got two, I mean, you know, Russell and Towns have both been all-stars. If Edwards can play like the rookie of the year that, you know, at the number one pick that he should play something like that, then, and Beasley comes back, that's, that's four guys who are hard to guard. No, I'm with you. I, I think I think best case scenario, you, you pull a, a Grizzlies, right? Like the Grizzlies yeah. finally got their pieces together and they played together and they played most of the season together. Jaron Jackson yeah. Jr. took a step forward. You obviously Ja was the best rookie last year, one rookie of the year. Like that's the best case scenario. You you mesh, you come together, you win 34, 35 games, and you're in that mix for that eighth wild card or eighth spot in the Western Conference. Like that would be a really successful season and a sign of progress, right? Like that that's kind of the best case scenario, I think. It is. I completely agree. If they make the playoffs, that would be um, better than I am I'm realistically thinking they're going to do, but I also know that they might. Right. And I can live with that. And they're all young. So you make the playoffs this year, maybe, and then you build from there. Well, and you also show Cat that this is a, a franchise and a roster that you want to be a part of and that you want to build together with. Absolutely. And, and there's still free agency this summer. I don't know how much money they have to spend, but I'd like to see them get, you know, a power forward who, who has been around a little bit and, and can play and is a, a tough person. Yeah. And play defense. I think those are, you know, got a lot, a lot of guys who can shoot. Uh, don't have a lot of guys who've shown that they can play defense. We need to fill those uh, spots with people who are willing and able to do those things. Like James Johnson did at, at points for you late in the year. He did. He did. Now he's gone, isn't he? Right. Right. So yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. All right. Before we go, any more uh, stories about the Rough Boys fighting over picks? Like any. What other what other parts did the Rough Boys really want that they missed out on? What other player did they miss out on? I, I need more. Uh, I need more Rough Boys content. <laughs> uh, Mike, our eighth grader, liked R.J. Hampton a lot, so he he let out an expletive when he when he went before we had a chance to take him. Agreed. And, um, he no, rarely did that, but it came out, and I forgave him. No, well, uh, uh, the the Wolves passed on him. They passed on him. Right, they 23. passed on. They took him. They could have taken him at twenty three, and they didn't. Yes, you're, you're right. They well, it went. No, they didn't pass on him. Yeah, they did. He went the pick after they they took Bomaro at twenty three, and at twenty four, oh, Hampton went. They traded to get Bomaro, which I guess is like passing. Yeah, they got the twenty third pick. Yeah, yeah, that you know that. So yeah, Mike was was. Um, I'm with him on that. that he let a bad word out there. Um, he'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with Mike on that. Any other players that they really liked? Um, well, they wanted a true like I did for Homer reasons. And we think he's good. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Precious, that, that bothered the whole room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My wife was didn't react much at all. She just kept doing her her work to get ready for the next school day. She's a second grade teacher. So we really didn't hear much out of her. Um, <laughs> she didn't have big fine. takes on Precious or Tua. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing. Let, let's grade this day, right? Like Rosas gets his draft. This is the guys he puts together. Let's grade it. What would your grade be? Um, what would my grade be? I think it would be a B. Uh, and I, I was just reading somebody else's grade. They gave it a B. I would give this. Yeah, I just I still got to wrap my head around what Rubio may or may not bring. 
If he brings a lot, then it's a B plus. If he doesn't bring so much, I'd give it a B minus. If it's about what I think it's going to be, I mean, so I'll give it a B. I think they, I think they're a clear winner. I really do. I think that, I, I think I would probably go B plus, A minus range. I'm a little higher, but just because I think I, I'm higher on Ricky, I think than others and what he can do. And then I, I think that they got the number one pick right in Edwards and they didn't mess around. I know they tried to trade it, but hey, you know, if, they, if no one was there and they couldn't get it and Edwards is the guy, then that's fine. And then I think they took two big swings with Bulmaro and McDaniels. And if one of those two guys turns into rotation dude, then you hit on those things. And if one's even better than that, then that's great. I just, I think Hampton would have been a, I think Hampton over Bulmaro had some potential yeah. to be really good and I completely agree on that one i wish it had been hampton like uh, i'm not going to be shocked at all if rj hampton goes to denver and turns into a really good piece or helps them get a good piece because like he's such a great trade asset too you know well, whoever goes to denver ends up as a good piece they just seem to know how to do this <laughs> better than anybody yeah. they do it every year uh any um, other any other uh you know other teams that you thought had good drafts that stood out to you um you know Charlotte, they, they got LaMelo Ball. What else did they get? Uh, let me pull it up real quick. Who else they got that much? You know, your bull, are you, I say your Bulls, I presume it because you're from Illinois. Them drafting Patrick Williams at number four was stunning to me. Really? Man, that was way I, – I know he's got some real nice upside, and maybe he'll be terrific, but I thought that was way too soon to grab him. I, I really liked uh, the – the Israeli guy there, and I he's one I kind of was hoping the Wolves might take if they were to trade down. Mm -hmm. I would not have been rooting for them to take Patrick Williams if they traded with the Bulls, uh, but maybe I'll be proven wrong there. Right? Kids are supposed to be a good defender and some offensive game and a great a great kid. Yeah. What do you think of that pick? Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of liked it. The more I uh, the more I looked at it, the more I liked it, and I think that there. Are, been a lot of buzz between Patrick Williams and I think the thing that really stood out to me is one that the Spurs wanted him really bad that yeah. that made me think okay might be onto something and the other thing uh, was is Detroit wanted to trade up to three with Charlotte to get Patrick Williams ahead of the Bulls like they're trying to go up to get him so he's a big yeah. riser uh, I, I like I like the fact that they are prioritizing defense and he has the yeah. athleticism and the defense he might be the best two-way yeah. wing in this draft um, yeah. And I like Florida State guys. I'm just partial to Florida State guys just because they play hard, play great defense. They switch one through five. They're tough. I like Leonard Williams down there as a good coach. And then uh, the last thing is the Bulls' new general manager, um, AK, Arturis, he is from Denver. And I trust Denver's brain trust and what they do. <laughs> it feels like every time that Denver goes into a draft, they find good dudes. So I trust him. So I know it might not have been the most popular pick with some people and Maybe to outsiders it looks stupid, but I, I think that Arturis has earned a chance to get this one right, and Williams looks like a high upside guy. And Denny, I like Denny. My only problem with Denny, the the Israeli dude, Abdija, is he uh, is he's a, a stretch four that has concerns about his jumper, and that always scares me to draft a guy who has concerns about his jumper when he's a stretch four and needs to shoot to right. stay in the league. So I think Williams. <laughs> And they said uh, Denny's not necessarily a great defender. I've read that he is a good defender. I've read that he isn't, that yeah. he is, and that he isn't. I don't know which one it is, which I, is true. But um, I, I just like the way he can get up and down the floor. He can handle the ball. He's a really good passer. He plays with a real edge. Mm -hmm. I find all those really valuable and exciting things. And 
I've not seen. You know, Patrick Williams didn't even start on his Florida State team, but he played which but played you, a lot. Yeah, but do you know what Leonard Williams's uh, response to that was? He might not have started, but he finished them. Yeah, there you go. No, I, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that, that the Bulls screwed up. It was just a surprise pick yeah. to get him that early, and they may be sitting with a great player. And I was just impressed with the interview they did with him. That's a cool kid. Yeah. No, he looks. He looks like he's got a good head on his shoulders, and I, I think you trust your evaluators. Youngest player in the draft. You just yep. trust him to put it together. He's got a great body. Uh, a great frame to be a, a, uh, an impact defender. And if he can, if that three comes along, you know what he's going to give you in transition, which is being a great athlete. And if that three comes along, it could be a nice little player. So I, yeah, I, no. I think that there was a pretty big drop off, but after the first three picks, like the first three guys look like pretty legitimate, like have a chance to be pretty good. And there's a yep. drop off after that. And so I, I, I understand the Williams pick. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. If that makes sense. How about the Hawks getting uh, Oyoko Kanju or however you say Okungu, that? Yeah. I liked him a lot. And I, I thought maybe him to the Bulls. Not a fan? I really like Okongu. I, the, the thing with Okongu is I feel like he just doesn't mesh well with Wendell Carter and Lowry Markkinen. He just doesn't. Like, they already have those two guys there. They don't need another one of those young dudes that needs playing time to be good. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that he fits better with the Hawks. And I really like Okongu. I really do. But I think that Williams gives them that big wing that they desperately needed. Another guy, though, that I really was shocked is Tyrese Halliburton dropped all the way down to the Kings. And I love that dude. I really love him. And so I thought that the Hawks should have taken Halliburton instead of, of – or no, I thought that the – I thought that the Hawks should have taken him. I thought that the Pistons should have taken him. I thought that the Knicks should have taken him. Like, all these different dudes. Like, I thought he was better than some of the guys they picked. And so, I think the Kings got a really good steal there. And he's going to be a, he's going to be a pro for a long time. Like, every year, every year we look at these guys in the double digits, like in the teens, that get drafted or after pick number 10, and they turn out to be really good. Like, Shea Gilgis-Alexander was picked 11th by the Thunder. Turns out to be a really, really good player. And we all go, what the heck? Why is he getting drafted here? Uh, last year we saw it with Miami. They go get Tyler Hero at 13. We're like, what the heck? How, how, how are you picking this dude at 13? And he's such a stud. How did he drop to 13? I think Halliburton's that guy in this draft. Another one more surprise to me, and and I liked him a lot from Maryland. I thought he should be a top, you know, top 20 guy or so. But Jalen Smith going number 10 to the Suns, that that was a little soon, but. Then again, he was one of my favorite players in the Big Ten last year. I thought he was really quite good. I like he do a lot of things, and uh, but I it just that was one that made me go, "Wow, Jalen Smith already." Okay, this is He's the second, good, but we'll see. Yeah, no, this is the second year in a row that the Suns have done this because last year they took Cam Johnson from North Carolina, who everyone was like, "Huh," and he ended up being a pretty nice player for them. Shot a lot of threes, really? good, like really nice piece for them. And I think for the last two years now. The Suns have not drafted for talent base. They draft for, like, fit, I think is what we've seen. And, so, and sometimes that can be okay. scary, but sometimes it works. And I think Smith, they drafted for fit. They go, I don't know if he's going to be there later. I don't know if we're going to be able to get him. And that's this is a big man who can shoot threes and block shots and run the floor. And that is the prototypical big man. And if he pairs well with Aiton, and they got the guards, and they have Chris Paul, and they have Booker, and they have the wings that they like now, it's a nice piece. So I think he fits well with what they're trying to do. Yeah, Phoenix got a nice team, and and we're talking about you know who the Wolves could potentially pass. I don't see them passing Phoenix, especially now that they have Chris Paul, you know, and Booker combined. That that's that's really good stuff. Aiden's a good player, but I um, but I think that rebuild is something that you can emulate. Like 
I'm trying to emulate Phoenix's rebuild, and I'm trying to emulate Denver's rebuild. I want to be like those two franchises in the West right now. And I think that this that's the path. Put it together. Now, eventually, the Wolves need to have a year like Phoenix did last year, where they just got healthy and got to play together to see what they really have. And I think this mm-hmm. upcoming year could be that role, year for them, where they just see what you have. See what you have. And yeah. just let them play together. Let them mesh and figure it out later. That's the same thing with the Bulls. They just need to play together. This demands some patience, and Wolves fans have been forced to be patient for a really, really long time. I mean, there's been one aberration year where they actually made the playoffs when Jimmy Butler was there. But other than that, it's like, okay, be patient, be patient. So people have grown weary of that, but I think it's I think it's still the way to go with the group of guys they have now because they're all still really young. I mean, Towns and Russell, they're all like 24 years old, which is, you know, NBA is, is still on the definitely on the younger side, and Culver is what twenty twenty one, and now we got um, Edwards is I don't know what he is twenty maybe nineteen I'm not sure, um, so it's still a really young team that's just hopefully can grow. Hopefully can grow. I think you got the coach right. I, you think you got the front office right. Now it's time to put it to the pieces together. Pat Ruff, great stuff. Uh, thanks so much for again for listening to the Post Bulletin Sports Podcast. They've been really popular. Uh, we're going to continue to crank out a bunch of stuff regarding the high school stuff, um, regarding the – I bet we'll talk a lot of Big Ten basketball this year. That, that's going to be really, really fun. We've all given up on Big Ten football, it seems like, because Ohio State's so much better than everyone else in Wisconsin. Um, but, yeah, good stuff on the podcast. Keep tuned to postwalton.com uh, as we're going to have a bunch of content coming out in the next couple of days. So, Pat, thanks for joining. Thanks, man.